This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. All right, it's about that time again. What's going on, everyone? How you doing? What's up? Welcome to episode 144 of the Moranalytics podcast, presented by Pulse Cellular. Today is... Actually, you know what? I'm not going to say what day it is because I don't even know what day this podcast is going to air this week. It's been really crazy production schedule for me. I am still on the road. If you can't hear that already, I'm not in the home studio in Florida. Still in Buffalo, New York. The road show continues. My Wings Whip series continues where I get together with a variety of different people at a bunch of different places. We sit down, we have some wings, we talk about them and a bunch of other things. It's been so much fun, and the Wings Whip series continues on this episode. I was able to hook up with Jay Skursky, Buffalo Bills beat reporter at the Buffalo News. Actually, this is the third time Jay's done the podcast with me, but it's the first time that we actually got to meet in person, so I was really looking forward to meeting Jay. We had a lot of fun. We hooked up at Snyder's Bar and Grill in Amherst, which is in Jay's neighborhood. That's his like neighborhood go-to spot for drinks and for wings and stuff like that. He said the wings were good. I had never heard of the place, so I don't want to say I was hesitant, but look, I'm going to give a spoiler right here. I'm not going to wait for the interview to tell you this. Good-ass wings. And by the way, unlike O'Neill's and Essex Street Pub, Autobahn North, Sunny Reds, other places that we did previous um, episodes at over the last couple weeks, Snyder's Bar and Grill had no clue at all that we were coming. They didn't pre-accommodate us. They didn't give us any free wings. We paid for our wings. Actually, let me take that back. Sugar Jay Skursky paid for the wings. So thank you for that, Jay. They did hook us up with a little booth and a table to record an episode with after what I told them what we were doing. They turned the jukebox off. Very kind of them. So appreciate Snyder's Bar and Grill for that. And uh, by the way, I mean, obviously, you'll be able to tell by the audio that when you're recording at a bar, you get that ambient noise, you get you hear some people in the background from time to time, that's going to happen when you're at a bar. So production, studio quality-wise, is not the same that you're probably accustomed to if you're a regular listener to this podcast. But I'll tell you what, man, I would trade the perfect studio quality sound to have some warts in my audio any day of the week when I get an opportunity to meet with some of these people that I have over the last couple of weeks. Guys like Sal Capaccio and Joe Yurden and Tim Graham and Eric Wood, Joe Biscaglia, and now Jay Skursky. To have an opportunity to sit there across from a table from a booth to them and have actual face-to-face conversations instead of phone or Skype. It's just been so much fun for me. And hopefully 
despite the audio not being absolutely pristine and perfect. Hopefully that gets relayed to you as you're listening to the podcast. Me and Jay had a really good conversation. Obviously, spent some time talking about chicken wings. I mean, that's been my thing on this trip at the time of this tape. And I think that was the 20th time I had wings in 17 days, which is absolutely disgusting. But whatever. It is what it is. So we talk about Snyder's Bar and Grill wings. We talk about wings from some other places. Then the conversation starts to get a little more serious because we spent some time talking about the Buffalo News, some things that may annoy him that are completely beyond his control. And of course, we spend plenty of time talking about the Buffalo Bills. Jay, his insight is as good as anybody's in the business. So lots of good Buffalo Bills content for you to digest there. And we end with this little fun exercise. I took some former Buffalo Bills, put them in stacks of three, and I asked Jay to pick one from each stack. If you could take that guy in his prime and insert him into the 2019 Buffalo Bills, and that player would help this team become a contender this year, which guy would you take? I'm not going to give it away now. Got to listen. But that was a lot of fun to do. Wrap up with a little bit of golf talk. If you don't know this already, Jay's kid, Elliot, at such a young age, this kid, five years old, he swings a golf club like he's a teenager almost already. So anyway, fun conversation with a really good guy. One of the best in the business, no doubt about it. Not going to waste any more time here at the top. Again, forgive the audio for not being the best quality that you're ever going to hear in your life, but it's plenty good enough to enjoy. Here it is right now, my interview with my man, Jay Skursky. Let's do it. All right, I'm joined right now by Buffalo Bills beat reporter for the Buffalo News, recurring guest on the podcast. But first time we've been able to hook up in person, Jay Skursky. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Hey, nothing. Uh, Everything's good. It's, uh, you know, we're ramping up here to football season, you know. I guess it's... uh, it's about that time, you know, even if I'm not ready for it, our, our summers are too short here. I don't want to like, uh, you know, rush a football season along, but we're getting there. You yeah. know, I, I mean, I know you're really close, right? <laughs> I mean, like what? Couple, uh, a week couple of week away, right? For high school, literally it's, yeah. uh, by the time this airs, it'll be a, a day or two before that. Yep. We're taping this on a late Sunday night. This is going to air sometime during the week. So if the Buffalo Bills make a major move tomorrow <laughs> or Tuesday and me and Jay don't talk about it. It's not that we forgot about it. It's right. like we haven't gotten it to it yet. By the way, we are taping here at Snyder's Bar and Grill in Amherst. Me and Jay just had some chicken wings. Let me give you a, before we talk about anything else here, dude, <laughs> let me drop a hot take on you right off the bat. Yeah. So Jay 100% recommended this place. Usually, I did. I did. Usually when I have a guest on, I get together and I say, where do you want to go? And you're like, oh, I don't care, you know. And then we end up meeting <laughs> somewhere. You said, hey, let's go to Snyder's Bar and Grill. That's your spot. Right. I'm like, all right, man. I walk in. I'm like, eh, I don't think too much of it. Here's my hot take, though. I've had 20 spots now since I've been back here on this trip as we tape this over like 16, 17 days, which is pretty embarrassing in <laughs> itself. But here, here, here we go, man. These might be the best wings I've had of any of the places that I've been to. They oh. were literally that good. We went. 10 and 10. We yep. got 10 medium because I got to I gotta have medium. Yeah. I feel like anywhere you go, you need something to compare to the next place. So medium is always a thing for me. Then you said the Cajun were your go-to here, and we got those two. 100%. They were the shit, dude. <laughs> they, they, were, they were really good, man. Uh, the, the, the medium wings were saucy, but not too saucy. They were crispy, but not like overbearingly crispy. Absolutely. And those Cajun, dude, they were tasty. They were tasty as hell, man. They were... 
They were really good. And uh yeah, these this might be the best place. So good job on that. All right, man. I'm glad to hear it. I didn't want to like taint the uh the, you know, the review. I wanted it to be honest, but I said, all right, like, hey, let's go do it here. And I'm not gonna talk it up. I'm just gonna have you tell me what I mean because you you are the expert. You have uh, <laughs> you have definitely had. <laughs> I was joking today actually with Matt Fairburn. We were talking on the sidelines and it was like, yeah, I'm having wings tonight with Pat. And he's like, you know, and uh, Matt Perino actually too. We were talking about your wing rankings and like, I was like, you know, Patrick has had wings more in the last two weeks when he's been in Buffalo than I've had probably in the last 10 years. So I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous about like telling him a, a wing place, but I'm glad to hear that because, yeah, you're right. Cajun is my go-to. I live a mile from this place. So, uh, you know, this is this is my wing spot for sure. And uh, I'm glad that they passed the test. Well, I'll tell you this much, man. I started doing it as a joke, okay? I was, it was meant to be humorous. I do these wing reviews. I throw a quarterback in there that I'll compare it to. Then I talk about it like if they were to play an NFL season, what the record would be over the course of a 16. I did it as a joke, purely for fun. But along the way, people started catching on. I, I learned quickly that when I talk about, I'm talking about me, not my guests. If I'm talking about the Sabres or the Bills, nobody cares what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you start talking about wings, people do because unlike the Bills or Sabres, where either some people might feel like I'm not qualified to have an opinion on there, or they just simply don't care. Everybody has a, a take on chicken wings. Everyone yeah. has a place where they love or that they think is overrated or underrated or highly like their wings is so yep. subjective. And along the way, I realized now, even though I started it kind of as a running joke, I got to take it at least semi-serious because I've built up enough of a following now on the, with these wings. When I recommend a place or something, people go there. So if they go there and they hate it, it's my ass or vice versa. <laughs> if I bury, I don't bury a lot of places, but if, if, if I don't recommend a place and somebody... First of all, I feel like I might take away their business. Secondly, they go there, they like it. That's my ass because then they come back after me. Yeah. It's kind of like we were talking about this during dinner while we, me and you were eating. I don't take pride in burying any place. It's kind of just like when you're doing your job. You didn't never took pride in like burying EJ Manuel. He's probably a good guy. Just wasn't a, a good quarterback. I'm sure you didn't get any pride in writing a feature story or, or you know a column or anything about him bashing him. 100%. But you, you also have to kind of look at it like, you know, you have a job to do, you know, necessarily. And I, and I don't know, you know, speaking for you, whether like that's where, where you're at with it. But I would say that like, I, like I was telling you, I didn't want to like color your opinion. I just wanted you to come in and have an honest opinion. Cause I think that's important. You know, I think like, you know, me covering the bills, <laughs> you covering chicken wings, if you'll, if you'll allow so it, you know, what I mean? but you know what I'm saying? Like right, I do, I do. You like, I, I think that it's important that you know that whatever you're, you're able to keep your personal feelings out of it and, yeah. and say, you know, this is what I saw and this is this was my experience. This is what I believe. And, you know, when it comes to covering the bills, that's a great example. You know, it's interesting. Like, you know, I grew up in Buffalo. You know, I grew up sure. a Bills fan. I'll, I'll admit that. And but I, I can honestly say that that doesn't you know, influence the way that I do the job that I do. You know, I, my, my role is to objectively look at what happens with the team and try to bring that information to people in an interesting way so that they learn something every time they read something that I write. And that is, you know, I, I take that really, really seriously, you know? And so I think that, you know, it's important to be, you know, you know, fair in what you do, you know, and that's what I always try to be. And if, if 
like you said, if EJ Manuel has played a terrible football game, I have to write that. I have yeah. to say that he, you know, this is professional football. We're not talking about high school kids or little league kids where you, you know, you look for the positive and everything. Sure. You, you know, you have to be up and up and be fair with people and certainly be fair with them, but be honest too. And, you know, let's, let's face it. This, this is a franchise that has not played very well. Or, or had a lot of success over the last, you know, course of 18, 17, 18 years, whatever you want to call it. And that has colored, you know, I think a lot of the coverage of the team. And I think has led to a lot of the opinions about the media coverage of the team and people saying, you know, the, the complaint you hear, oh, they're too, it's too negative. It's too negative. Well, what do you want us to write about when, you know, they're missing the playoffs for 17 straight years, you know? Yeah, we'll write about the positive things when there are positive things, and we'll also write about the negative things when when there are negative things. That's journalism. That's what a sports reporter should be. And it shouldn't be just rose-colored glasses. It shouldn't just be it, it should be what's going on. And that's, you know, that that's what I have tried to make my career about and and to be fair about it, you know. And I think, you know, I think the Bills respect that approach, you know, and at least now that they do, you know, at least now they do. And um uh, and I hope that people respect that approach too. I hope that people can read what I write and say, you know what, that was fair. Do you ever wonder sometimes? And again, you're not a fan. Whether the team wins or loses, that's not going to change the job that you have to do the next day, week to week, year to year. Do you ever wonder what it would be like to cover a beat on a team that consistently wins? Because as long as you've been <laughs> in the game, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, 2017, they, they made the playoffs. But outside of that. They've never made the playoffs. No, so you no, could right. you could be covering the Bills for eighteen years right now and you only got to cover one playoff season. You know what I'm saying? You yeah, ever yeah, wonder sure. sometimes what would be like to cover the Pittsburgh Steelers beat where the, the goal is a Super Bowl every year. I mean, everyone says it is, but in like a, a city like Pittsburgh or Green Bay, that's legitimately the goal every year. And Buffalo is to make the playoffs. It would yeah. I do wonder about it, you know, in I, I think that it would be a refreshing change of pace because I've been writing about losses for so long, and it definitely gets to the point where you're like, how do you come up with creative ways to tell people this is why they've lost? And if they're out of it by Thanksgiving, what do you do for the last six weeks of the season? That is a a legitimate challenge, and it's something that um, I would like... I would like to experience the other side of that, you know, absolutely. And, you know, there's a few different reasons for that. Like, I mean, as I said before, I, you know, I want to go back to what I, uh, you know, said. I grew up here. I, my family, my friends, they're all from here. There, a lot of them are season ticket holders. If they're not season ticket holders, I know what they're doing on Sunday at one o'clock. They're watching the Bills. So the fact that I get to not just report on the Bills, but I'm there for everything, you know, every practice, every game. I'm, you know, I'm traveling. I'm at the Combine. I'm doing all of this stuff with the team. So I have an intimate knowledge of what's going on with the Buffalo Bills, and it's what everybody wants to talk to me about, you know? And it would be nice to give them good news. It would be nice to say, hey, I think, you know, this is the year. You, You need to watch out. Like, they're going to be really good, and I haven't been able to say that for a long time, and I don't know that I'm going to be able to say that this year, but I would be able to tell people that if they're good, I'd be more than happy to bring that good news to people and and to try to tell them, hey, here's why they're good. This is either the the player that's making them good or the players that are making them good or the scheme or whatever it may be. So certainly it would be nice to be on the other side of that and to cover it. I mean, and I know how much it would matter to the people who matter to me that they're good. You know what I mean? 
Well, I'll tell you, I feel like anyone who covers the Bills beat, I think you're either lying to the people if you say you don't care at all if they win or not, or you're just getting it wrong. Because I'll give you an example. Right now, me and you just sat down at the bar. We had some wings, and you were talking to a gentleman, football. Probably the mood is just better when the team is better. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. Grumpy people always bitching about players and this and that. That probably wears you down a little bit. It probably would be nice to sit there at the bar while you have your wings with a fan who knows who you are and knows the work that you do. And just have a good conversation about something good that's going on with the yeah. team. Again, not that they're, well, they have been perennial losers. I, mean, I was going to, there's no other way around it. Right, right. I mean, I mean, look at their record, you know. But I, uh, I you know, I want to say with this new regime, you know, with with Sean McDermott, with Brandon Bean, with what they've done in the last two or three years here, heading into year three of that regime, that you know, the best thing that I can say about the Bills, and I, I've probably said it on your podcast, I say it all the time. Whenever I'm interviewed, whenever I talk about the Bills, I say that they have a plan. I don't know if their plan is going to work, and nobody does at this point. And the major reason for that is I don't know if Josh Allen's going to be their their franchise quarterback. If he is, then their plan is well on its way. They are executing their plan, though, step for step. And it was salary cap. Hey, this isn't a bad spot. Let's fix this. They did that. We need a quarterback. Let's go get him. They did that. They didn't pay outrageous of price to go up and, and get the guy that they think can be their franchise quarterback. So all of the things they're doing... Are logical. I can see what they're what they're thinking, what they're going after, and you know this is a huge, huge year for this team. We're we're going to learn so much, not only about Josh Allen, but just about Sean McDermott, about Brandon Bean, about the direction of this franchise. It's all going to start September eighth against the you know against the New York Jets. I think we've talked about how valuable I think that the season opener against that team, that particular team. Yeah is going to be. I love the season opener for them, and we're going to learn a lot about them, and I'm looking forward to this season because of that. Let's circle back to the Bills in a minute here. Let's emphasize my big, fat, disgusting weight gain over the last couple <laughs> weeks here. It's out of control. I think I, I 12 and a half pounds in like two and a half weeks, whatever. It happens. I'm going to run down some spots for you, okay, that I've hit on this trip. Okay. One, this is, as we tape this again, Snyder's Bar and Grill and Hammers, 20th spot in 16 days, all right? <laughs> I'm going to see how many of these spots you've tried. I don't expect oh, them to man. be many. Right. I don't expect them to be many. You it's have not, a life. Yeah. You have a career. You have Melissa. You have Elliot. You got. You probably guys go out and eat things besides chicken wings. I'm starting to realize that that is part of life, <laughs> that maybe a part of life that I'm not living. By the way, you, you I know what? Had, I don't eat chicken wings. I'm the worst person to ask about eating chicken wings. My wife and I have, in the last probably 18 months, both lost 30-ish pounds, 30 wow. to 35 pounds. So we don't eat anything. So when I told her that I was going to eat chicken wings, she was insanely jealous. And I have a box <laughs> yes, sitting right do. next to us right here there. with four or five chicken wings <laughs> to take home to her, and she's going to love it. So we, yeah, we don't eat wings, but yes. All right, run down the list. All right, I, I've been, uh, I'm not proud of this, by the way. <laughs> well, I was at first. The concept was great, and I got a lot of traction on Twitter, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, this is actually borderline disgusting. All right, Coles. And Been Elmwood. to Coles, yeah. Good Bar on Elmwood, right yep. next door. Been there. Coles, good wings, by the way. Yep. Good Bar, I was a little disappointed. Uh, Whale Center. No. I took, dude, I took a ride out 40 minutes just on a Sunday afternoon just to try these wings. You know how it is on Twitter? You send, you ask people to send you questions for a mailbag. Right. Mail 
Well, I ask people to send me suggestions, and then foolishly I drive around the places. It was, it was. I, I don't know. Want to say it was worth a forty minute drive, but they were good. Okay. Right? So, uh, bases loaded, which you, I'm sure you haven't been to. That's no. a little place in Blaisdell. And when I had Eric Wood on the show, he was telling that Scott Chandler is that on transit? You, uh, no, it's on Lakeshore Road, like okay. in Blaisdell. No, I haven't been there. That was no. like Scott Chandler. I learned this on the show last week with Eric Wood. That was like his favorite spot. He okay. used to go there. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the wings there, but O'Neill's, which is literally right across the street from yeah, the I've stadium. I've had O'Neill's, yeah. Very good chicken wings, yep. man. Those are like top 10 wings for me. Yeah. Uh, G. McCarthy's, that's in the Old First Ward. No. I know about it, but I haven't you know, haven't had the wings. Decent. Okay. Uh, here's a place. And it reminds me, by the way, circle back to Snyder's. Yeah. I love places that other people don't talk much about. There's a place called Macy's Place Pizzeria. It's this tiny little pizzeria place on Genesee Road in... Um, Chictawaga. Okay. Up until tonight, I'm telling you the truth here. I think Snyder's has been the best I've had this trip. Those were the best wings I've had on this trip. A little tiny pizzeria. You usually don't yeah. get that quality of wings. What, what's it on in, in Chictawaga? It's on Genesee Street. Okay. I don't know exactly where, but it's in Chictawaga. It was really good. Okay. Yeah. I haven't hit that one either. Um, Essex Street Pub. I taped a show with Joe Yurt in there. Buddy of mine owns the place. That's on the west side. Great bar. But again, I don't like to deliver bad news, but sometimes hey. I feel like it's my responsibility now. Not good wings, man. Right. Great sandwiches, great atmosphere, great beer. But right. you know, and what? hey, I can respect that. I mean, like you said, it's a buddy of yours, but you know, you're doing what you're doing, and you have to, you know, I think people are going to appreciate the honesty. You know, yeah. it's probably not going to be easy for the owner to hear. But the people that are following this, and I'm telling you, my wife and I, we we laugh. We're like, "Hey, we're, we got to check out Patrick's chicken wing <laughs> rankings. Where are we getting? Where are we getting wings from?" And but like that's what you're building up toward. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like people absolutely. are respecting it, and they're saying, "Hey, if he if he says it's good, we're gonna try it out." And you gotta you gotta you gotta be honest about yeah. it. You know for sure. Um, there's a place called Adolph's in the old first ward, and let me tell you this: if I've ever recommended, and I'm not being disrespectful to them, if you're from that area, it's a neighborhood bar. But, like, if I told you and Melissa to go there, you probably would never speak to me again if you walked in there. The wings weren't bad, though. By the way, not bad wings at all, but it's just not the best neighborhood (laughs) if you're not from that area and don't know the area to go to. So let's just skip that one. All right. We'll skip Uh, that. I'm going to Wellington Pub on Hurdle Avenue. That's uh, that's my buddy Sully's place. They were very good wings, man. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been there, but Jerry Sullivan... Uh, he probably has like a plaque somewhere in Wellington Pub, you know, like yeah, some something up on the wall that indicates Sully was there, you know. I really love the Hurdle Avenue scene in the summer. Yeah. By the way, the the vibe just being on the patio, good people watching on Hurdle, just yeah. like Elmwood Avenue, a lot of fun. Yeah, you you got. I mean, it's nice to have you at home here, you know, right for a couple of weeks, you know, at least. It's it's my favorite time of year, man. Yeah. I love good, it. I good. get to come back every time this time of year, hook up with everybody. Meet you face to face, man. I, <laughs> right, I mean, I'm getting right. off the road here, which I don't care because this is a conversation more than anything else. Yeah, it's it's nice to put faces to people and and sit down and have conversations. Like we yeah. spent a good hour before we even started taping, just having conversation about general stuff and Absolutely. eating wings, man. Yeah. I love doing that. Uh, Buffalo Tap House, that's downtown on Chippewa. Save yourself some money, man. <laughs> good place. I've never even heard of it. It's. It's been a million different places. It's right on oh, Chippewa okay. near right. uh, Yeah, near it had to, yeah it's, I'm sure when I was 10 years ago, I would have heard of whatever it was then, you know? Yeah. That was my Chippewa years. Don't stop it. Okay. All right, next up, and this is where I talk about I don't feel good about burying people, but I did. Glen Park Tavern, which is, by the way, what, a mile Ooh, from here, maybe? Man, yeah. A mile and a half away from Snyder's? This was tough for me to hear. 
it, it was tough for me to write. Yeah. I liked the, the bartender was cool. The place was nice. And by the way, yeah. again, I'm only talking about wings. I'm not saying don't go to this place. But these, they, they were the worst chicken wings I've had. I have 56 places now, including Snyder's, on my power rankings to this moment. They're 56. <laughs> oh, my They're goodness. dead last, wow. dude. Yeah. They're not good. Yeah, that's hard for me to hear because, yeah, yeah, it's right up the street for me. It's a mile for me. That's my uh, fish fry spot. Yeah. And I can't say that I've had the wings there to to agree or disagree, but I know they, they do some pretty good stuff there. The, the roast beef is good. The, the, uh, the fish fry is good. But, hey. Like I said, if uh, if that's the way, if that's what the wings were to you, then you got to be honest. With I, it, so. I do. It hurts me to do it. And yeah. I'll tell people to read it. I'm not going to sit here on the podcast and ask them <laughs> any more than I already have. The Autobahn North, that's in Amherst. You probably not many people have been there, but uh, I haven't. I know. I know of it, but I haven't been there. It's it's number three. Oh, for, it's okay. my number three. I love. I absolutely love that place. They got okay. such good wings. Ko Sports Ko Sports Bar and Grill. That's in North Buffalo. No, not very popular place. Good wings though, man. Yeah, Sunny Rides where I've done two shows at. That's on Abbey Road in Lackawanna. Yeah. By the way, as I'm going through these, I'm just running through. But this is one place because you cover the Bills. Obviously, you're at the stadium. You should stop there sometime. It's about five minutes right down the road. As soon as you get past like Milestrip Road, Orchard Park, it's like two minutes away. Yeah, that's definitely worth going to. Really, really good chicken wings. As for Another place that actually reminds me a lot of this bar here, Snyder's. It's called Climax Tavern. It's five minutes away from Dwyer's in, in North Tonawanda. In NT, yeah. In, I worked in NT. That was uh, my literally my first job out of college was at the Tonawanda News. I covered the city of North Tonawanda, so I would go gather the police reports and uh, cover the school board and do all of that stuff on the, uh, you know, sort of the city side beat and... Uh, so I, I know a lot of those spots in North Tonawanda, but I don't remember being to Climax. It's a it's a dump bar, and they'll be the first <laughs> to tell you. They'll tell you that it's a dump bar, but the wings are incredible. Good, Huge yeah. wings and really cheap, which again, Dwyer's was the next one. Way better than Dwyer's. I thought that place was so overrated. I'm sorry what I did. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, and I've heard about it on Twitter. <laughs> and then Blackthorn Pub, which we talked about during dinner. Yep. Decent for wings, but... A great restaurant, a great vibe, yeah. a great place to be to for sure. Cool uh, rooftop patio there. Yeah. I lo- I'm a I'm a big rooftop patio guy. So it, if, if if a restaurant's got that, I'm into it. Sure. And then just tonight now, Snyder's, which again, I'm really, I'm very pleasantly surprised. I can't, it's not I like, can't wait to see. I, I didn't necessarily think that you were going to steer me wrong. But a lot of times <laughs> people are like, all right, well, I really like his wings. And you go there and they're disappointing. Yeah. Plus, I've told you this, I've been suffering from freaking wing fatigue lately. I have not been able to eat more than three or four wings in a sitting. Yeah. Uh, when you I take, you when did I, better than I thought. I take my show with Eric, <laughs> me and Eric Wood, and got like 25 wings, and I told you, he ate 20 of them. I couldn't get down more than five, but tonight I, I probably had over a dozen wings by myself. They were that good. So They're Good. Good stuff here at Snyder's. I can't wait to see where they end up on the power rankings. <laughs> Before, I do want to talk about the Bills, but before sure. that, I just got one thing, man. I, I'm so over talking about different factions of Buffalo sports media, whether it's the Buffalo News or the Athletic or WGR or any of the TV stations. This is the only question I have for you. Do you get annoyed sometimes at all the outside factors that go into your personal job that got nothing to do with your personal job? Your job is to cover the Buffalo Bills. You are a Buffalo Bills beat reporter. Mm -hmm. You go to the stadium or do whatever you got to do. Well, go on the road and you cover the team to the best of your ability you write your stories, you support the people that you work with, you go on Twitter when you have to to interact with fans, to put your stuff up. That's all you could do, and that's all you can control. 
when people are constantly asking you every time the athletic adds somebody or every time somebody goes from WGR to a TV station or vice versa, all this stuff that's got nothing really to do with you. Does it ever get annoying to have to be asked about that? Or do you, <laughs> or maybe it's just me and maybe you only get asked about that when you're on the Moran analytics podcast. <laughs> um, I, I don't get asked about it a lot. I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't say. I, I think that it's more a topic of conversation if you're actually like in the business. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like my, let me, I'm going to use an example. My my wife works at Channel Two, and she talks about the ratings, and she, you know, pro- I I guess I would say probably stresses about the ratings all the time. And I'm like, I don't think that people out there care what the ratings are right they, right. you know they like what they like and they watch what they watch right. and it's not something that like drives them day by day and that's kind of where i'm at you know I, I try to do the best job that i can to provide you know whatever it may be for bills fans that they need you know whether that's you know, here's breaking news okay you know yeah am i going to be in front of adam Schefter on a lot of stuff nope Definitely not, you know, right. and I admit that and it's tough, but I'm going to try my best. You know, I'm going to try my best to have Bill's News first. And if I don't have it first, I'm going to try to provide context for whatever the move is that, you know, happens. Right. You know, so that's a, a draft pick or a trade or a free agent signing. Why did they do this? Right. And I'm going to try to use my access, which is more than the average fan, to tell people stories that they haven't heard you know that's that is definitely my goal and i feel like i've got a good relationship with the bills i feel like i've got a good relationship with uh you know their general manager their head coach that i can talk to them person to person and get down to you know here's what's going on you know and that's that's important for me i feel like they look at me you know a lot of times when you know they're we're doing interviews in the locker room or wherever you know, when that TV camera goes on, people kind of button up a little bit. Yeah. And I don't have that TV, TV camera. I'm not shining a light in their face. And I think that that allows me to kind of have a conversation the same way that you and I are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, we're sitting at a, a booth here and we're able to look at each other and we're able to have a, uh, have a talk. That's what I try to do with people is, is have that, that conversation. And um, you know, to get back to your question, you know, in, in terms of like the competition, yeah, it's absolutely competitive. And, you know, the athletic and WGR and the TV stations and, and us, we're all going after the story, whatever that may be for that day. We, mm-hmm. we want to tell the best story. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I'll be the first to say that, you know, there's times where, you know, any of those outlets will tell a really good story. And I'll I'll be the first to say that hopefully people respect and understand that there's times where I think I've told the, a really good story. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Absolutely. And so, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to disparage anybody. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to say that like, hey, I'm out there trying to do the best that I can with you know what you know what my job entails, what what's asked of me, and the people that work at those out, outlets are doing the exact same thing. You do have a good relationship with the Bills management, and I also think you have a good relationship with fans on Twitter, which kind of leads to the other thing. Do you feel annoyed, and I use that word again, when you kind of get lumped into a generality? Because 
as much as I, and nobody, listen, I grew up loving the Buffalo News. I still love the Buffalo News. I'm meeting with Josh. We could have went anywhere to do an interview, and I want to do it at the Buffalo News because I want to be in that office, feel that vibe. Nobody's a bigger Buffalo News fan than I. My point is this. Generally speaking, they don't, but the Buffalo News does not have the best reputation when it comes to interacting with fans and getting, especially like on Twitter. That's not the case with you at all, mm-hmm. which is kind of my point. You hear something about this and that. That's got nothing to do with you. You do yeah. what you can do. You know what I'm saying? You are constantly, if somebody tweets at you, you're getting back to them and love them, hate them. And plenty of people love Mike Harrington. Plenty of people hate Mike Harrington. That's everybody knows that. Mike's, a, Mike's another one too. Very interactive. There are some people, not going to call them, not going to name names, but there's some people on the Buffalo News who are less likely to get back at you with a tweet. They'll come out, they'll do the story, they do the work, that's it. You're not like that. Is it getting a little annoying to you again if you get lumped into that whole, you know, the Buffalo News doesn't care about fans as much as others? And I know that's not the case with you, obviously. Well, yeah, sure. Well, absolutely it does. I mean, you know, I think that if if you're going to paint with that broad of a brush and say, well, the Buffalo yeah. News thinks this or the Buffalo News thinks that, um, or they, you know, that that's what they believe and that's their stance. No. I mean, ask me what my stance is, right? I mean, exactly. yeah, sure. I work for the Buffalo News and, you know, there'll be times where I will sort of stand up for what we've written, even if it wasn't something that I wrote. If, you know, if it's a column or a, a colleague of mine, who has said something, maybe I'll agree with it. Maybe I won't. You know, there's there's times where, I'll you know, I'll use a guy. You know, I talked about Sully earlier. There, there are times where Sully's written something, you know, when he worked there that I didn't agree with, and mm-hmm. I would tell him that, you know? And if maybe if somebody said on Twitter, like, Jerry Sullivan's too negative, I, there's a lot of times where, like, I've I had conversations with people, well, Bucky's too negative. Well, sure, you don't like this column that Bucky wrote. What's that have to do with me? Exactly. Right? You know what I mean? And and I don't want to single those guys out because I respect the hell out of what sure. those guys do. Absolutely. And I understand what they do. I understood what their role was and I knew and by and large, and, and I'm talking by and large, I agreed a lot of the time with what they were what they were saying or what they were doing. But if you're gonna paint you know, the Buffalo news with that broad of a brush, I don't think that's fair, you know, and somebody that works there might have a different opinion than I do. And I think that I have, again, I, my, my goal in covering this team is to be fair. And if that means being negative, if you want to call it negative, I don't, I don't want to call it negative because I think that it is truth telling, right? Sure. You know, so if they're not, if they're not playing well, if they're not being, a good football team, if they're not doing the things that I think that they should be doing, and in my professional opinion, I want to write that, and I want to write it in a way that is fair. And I think that people, and I don't want to lecture people. Hey, you want you go out there, you 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 read what you want to read, you think what you want to think, but if you're gonna bring that to me when it's not something that I wrote or when it's not necessarily my opinion, and you're mm-hmm. gonna put that opinion on me. That's not fair, right? And so, agree. yeah, I think that, you know, your your question was, does it bother me? Yeah, sure. It, it absolutely bothers me. I don't think that, you know, I think you should be able to recognize the work that I do, um, and, and you shouldn't just automatically lump in every single thing that the Buffalo News has done, right? You know, because here's a good example. Like, you know, well, you know, we'll hear something about, like, well, the Buffalo News did this wrong, and it's like, 
okay, well, maybe. But I didn't do that wrong, you know? Right. And so don't hate me. Right. Or don't, you know, don't disparage me right. for what that was. And if it was a mistake, hey, we'll own it. Like, listen, any any journalist, any newspaper, any, any it doesn't have to be a newspaper, any TV station, any radio station, the the thing that they, they strive to be is accurate. And if we're not accurate, that that crushes us. That kills us. And we want to be accurate, you know? So... If there's a mistake, we want to correct it. We want to make it right. You know, and if there's a difference of opinion, those are two different things. Yeah, sure, no doubt about it. I think the Buffalo News obviously has bounced back. A year ago, thing how could you lose that many people at one time and not feel an effect? That was natural and it was gonna happen. Not on the football side though, man. The football side was, is, and always has been rock solid. You, Mark, and uh Vic. Right. The, the, it was the hockey side, honestly, quite frankly speaking, here in the Enterprise reporting that I was a little more concerned about, but Lance has really come in and doing. He's done a really good job. He's terrific covering the Sabres. Terrific, and he's a really nice guy, by the way. And yeah. Jason's a good writer as well. So it's like you can't. It's like the Yankees. You can't kill the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get the Buffalo News. <laughs> Guys went down. You know, you took a punch at standing eight yeah. count, but definitely bounced back, man. Well, I mean, I think you know, you look at the people that we've got covering the bills and you know, Vic and Mark have been doing this thing for a long, long sure. time. They're both PFWA past presidents. They're, you know, Vic is a hall of fame voter. I mean, they're two of the best. They're, they're guys Ever. that like, if you're going to, they, I mean, they've, they've covered the NFL. They know the ins and outs of it. And, uh, you know, I've been around it that's for, been for a while now. That's been beneficial <laughs> you know? to you for your career, too, being able to yeah. work with Vic and yeah. guys like Mark. And, and and not just those guys. I mean, I want to, I'll want mention the guys that, you know, they're no longer there. You know, Tim Graham is a mentor to me and mm-hmm. uh, terrific. And uh, Sully and Bucky, who I talked about earlier, those guys mean the world to me. Bob DeCesare, who maybe some people don't know necessarily as much about, but covered everything and was an editor. Yeah. And uh, all of these, all of those people... Uh, John Vogel, John Vogel's Sabres coverage was just phenomenal. So they all meant a lot to me, to my career. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I do think that we have a strong team, though, you know, a, you know, particularly on the Bills. But I'm glad that you mentioned Lance and the Sabres coverage. I know I, I think Mike and Lance do a great job Very of good. keeping you up to date, day to day on what's going on. And, you know, you talk about, you know, and I talked earlier and we might've talked about this before we started taping, you know, just about like the need to have, you know, kind of a critical voice and to absolutely say what's going on. And I don't think anybody in this market does it better than Mike Harrington right now. And yeah, I know that the Sabres might not always agree with what he has to say and it might not always sit well with them. And and maybe Sabres fans don't always, but he is not going to pull any punches. He's going to write what he thinks is going on with the Sabres. And let's face it, they have been an absolute train wreck here for, you know, what, what are we talking, eight years in a row now they haven't made the playoffs in a league that's not that hard to make the playoffs. They've been a mess. And Mike's called them on being a mess. Yeah. And I think he should have, you know. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I think what a lot of what he's done, that's tough. You know, that is tough to – continually try to figure out, hey, this is what I'm going to write about when teams are losing, as we talked about earlier. And I think in a lot of ways, Mike has done that effectively. I started this podcast with a hot take about Snyder's chicken wings. (laughs) Here comes hot take number two. I think Lance has been one of the best additions to the Buffalo sports media, any sport, in at least the last five years. If I, I don't live here anymore, but I obviously keep up with everything in the Buffalo sports media. 
I would think that he's been here for a decade right now. Yeah. He's developed sources. He's constantly reporting stories with sources. He's just a good writer, man. He's I sharp. Really, he's, really he's, like him a lot. I think he's yeah. the perfect compliment to Mike. He's really, yeah. He's intelligent. He's sharp. He gets. Uh, I think. I think he. You're right. He looks at things uh, kind of analytically. You know, if you know, and I think he's been a terrific addition to what we've uh, we've been trying to do with our Sabres coverage. And um, and I'm glad he's part of the team. And, uh, and you know, I hope that people. You know, Buffalo is an interesting market in that. You know, the longer you're around, I think the more, you know, people kind of recognize you. I guess that would be true maybe anywhere, but like people in Buffalo necessarily don't like change, you know, you know what I mean? Right. And, and I get that, you know, you, you, you develop a comfort level and all of that, but a guy like Lance comes in and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it beyond, you know, just a guy that works at the Buffalo news. I don't want to, you know, just single him out, but like a a guy like Jonah Javad who worked at channel two for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Really, really good, you know, and comes in and just does a terrific job. And yeah, okay, Jonah's gone to a, a bigger market now and and done really well for himself. But we don't have to just be like, as Buffalonians, we shouldn't just be like, well, this guy's not from here. I don't trust what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. give give them a chance to kind of show what they know. And I think Lance has done that. I think Jonah did that. And you know, we're seeing the results, and it's terrific work. Some some of the stuff Jonah did was awesome. And some of the stuff that I think Lance has done has been really, really good. This this uh, story on Jeff Skinner that published the yeah. you know recently and, and his training methods, terrific stuff, you know. And so I you know I hope that if people maybe don't know Lance, um, that they get to know him, you know, and they and they start to read him. My last take on the sports media stuff, and then we're definitely going to talk some <laughs> Buffalo Bills before people start losing their minds listening. I it doesn't always have to be one or the other. You know, you could enjoy multiple outlets. It doesn't have to be, well, I'm a Buffalo News fan and I don't read The Athletic. Or it doesn't have to be, I'll read The Athletic, but I won't read The Buffalo News. It could be both. Now, I do get that there's a competition, and I'm only using two of them. There's certainly many more media outlets, as well as blogs, by the way. Sure. Lots of blogs out there. Some are credible, some not so credible. (laughs) But I'm just saying, it doesn't always have to be one or the other. I I mean, I think a lot of us do different things. You know, I mean, yeah. we're serving different markets. We're serving, um, you know, different segments of the population. People that want to receive their news one way versus another, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, certainly as a daily newspaper, we're going to be focused a lot on kind of the day to day happenings with the team. Like right. that's that's important. But we also want to be able to tell those big picture stories, whereas other outlets, maybe like The Athletic, for example, might be able to tell uh, you know, might, might be able to spend some more time on like big picture things, right? And then, you know, radio stations or TV stations, they have a limited amount of space that they can tell their stories. Mm-hmm. So it's quick. It's it's quick sound bites. It's quick hitters. Um, so we all serve different uh, media, I, I guess, uh, appetites, right? You know, people, you know, consume their media different ways. Some is, Some's radio, some's TV. Some want to sit down with a Sunday paper with a cup of coffee and, you know, some want to sit down at 8 o'clock in the morning at work and uh, blow off an hour and, right. read, you yeah. know, and read something long, you know. Sure. So it, I think all of those different things kind of factor into what we all do. Sure. I'm with Jay Skirsky of the Buffalo News. We are here at Snyder's Bar and Grill in Amherst. Let's talk Bills for a few minutes. It's certainly starting to look like Cody Ford is going to play right guard. Yeah, he's with moving the, inside, yeah. With the concerted effort to 
have Ty Insecki on the field. Do you like Ford better at guard do you, at this point from what you've seen? I mean, it is very early, but yeah. what do you think? I, I mean, it's so early. You know, you have to judge offensive linemen in game settings. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I've never been able to like think about an offensive lineman when the quarterback can't be sacked as, you know, like I, I need to see him when the other team is actively trying to hit your quarterback. That's how I judge offensive linemen. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think taking him in the second round where they did and then kind of saying, hey, we're going to start him out at right tackle, I feel like I'd rather see him outside, but I can kind of understand why they moved him inside. My o- I guess my only concern with moving him inside is what it does to the depth outside. So you got Ty Inseki, who you've, you know, you, you, you signed to a decently sized contract. You got Deion Dawkins, who's trying to come back from a uh, admitted subpar year. If one of those guys goes down, then what do you do? I right. think you have to shift Cody Ford back outside. And so he's been working inside for how many weeks? You know, if we get into the regular season and it's week five, that's two and a half months that he's spent working inside. And now you're telling him to go outside as a rookie. That's tough. So I think it is. I, I personally, I'd rather see him outside, but I understand why they moved him inside. If that makes sense, it, it does. And I, Lager and Waddle going down. I think. It, I mean, it screws it, up the depth like yeah, crazy. I mean, they were counting on the beat. He probably the fourth tackle originally right, right. with uh Inseki as the swing but then they moved the ship to Ford at guard which I felt okay about with Waddle there but without Waddle when Waddle goes down and now you look at what's behind him and you all right you got Connor McDermott who's never really played and he's been on the team two years he's barely played right. and now he's out with a concussion and then where are you at after that right, right. Yep. so that's the concern that I have is that that depth that tackle goes way downhill in a hurry if you lose Dawkins or Inseki, and you, I mean, I think you swing tackle on a team, I equate to backup quarterback, right? You know, you got to have a good one. Sure. You know, like, you, you, ideally, he doesn't play, but if he has to, you want him to be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's too important of a position. Speaking of concern, Mitch Morse. What's your level of concern with him right now? I mean, this is not high. his first concussion. Right. It, it's, it's absolutely high. And I, I mean, I'm not going to hear anything, I'm not going to listen to any different opinion on that until. You know, he's cleared and, and he comes back and, you know, maybe he goes and he starts all 16 games and we look back on uh, tonight and the last two weeks before tonight and say that this was all blown, you know, blown out of proportion and it was fine. You know, they, he, it wasn't that that serious of a thing. But until then, and even when he does get cleared, to me, the question is, how long is it going to be for? Right. Sure. Because we don't even really know. How he was hurt. He gets hurt in the first thing. I believe it was the the first padded practice, right? Yeah, it was. Yep. And so how does that happen? And they haven't answered that. And I understand, you know, concussion protocol, There's they're not able to answer a lot of questions, but that's concerning to me, you know, and it's, it's concerning to me on a number of different levels. Number one, you worry about him as a person, you know, and it's the human element. Like th- this guy has been through a lot. Four concussions in his fifth year in the NFL, that's not ideal. I mean, and then that's uh, understating things. Um, and the other, and, the, and then the second part of that is when he does get healthy, I think almost every week it's going to be, you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy, mm-hmm. right? And how long are you going to be worrying about the potential for him to, you know, to have a relapse and, and have another one of these things? You know, you, you never know. So, um, 
anybody that says that this is not a concern and that, yeah, oh, there's some time before the regular season, like to me, that's crazy. Like, this is a huge concern for this team. They made this guy the highest paid center in the league. They were counting on him to be a key focus of a rebuilt offensive line, probably the key focus, and to work with Josh Allen. And he has not been able to do that for a long time now. And they have not had the continuity on the offensive line that they've strived to have. I mean, they need to get these five together and start working. Hey, these are our guys going into the season. They're not able to do that while he's out. Now, when you're talking about the offensive line, they add so many pieces. So automatically, you're like, this line is going to be a lot better. But so far, and again, you said this, you need to look at games to really evaluate things. Yeah. But you got Morse with a concussion. Cody Ford was drafted. They said he was going to start out a right tackle, and I don't care who's where. If he would have played, if he would have looked dominant right away at right tackle, they're not moving him inside. They got enough competition there with Long and Feliciano and Spain and Teller Yeah, that if, if they really loved him, right now at least anyway, right tackle, I feel like he would have stayed there. Adrian Waddle's already gone for the year. We talked about him. Deion Dawkins, we expect him to be better in year three, but he was lousy last year. Uh, Dukas got cut. And um, Long and Feliciano, they've been banged up. They're both back now. Yeah. But let's be care. I think fans should be careful. Let's not compare this line to last year because that's no parameter. That's not a bar to set anything to. Sure. Last year's line was so horrifically bad. Right. Sure, it's going to be better than last year because it can't be any worse. But how are you feeling right now? Like, Let's just say we're getting ready to have the second preseason game. Let's just say Sunday we're playing the Jets on September 8th. How would you feel about this line right now? Today was say September third. Well, without more, without Morris, I wouldn't feel good about it at all. I mean, he was the like I said, he's the key part of this whole thing, and they don't know where Feliciano fits. They don't know where Spencer Long fits. They don't know where Cody Ford fits. You know, as you said, they they move him inside, and that that was a fairly recent move. So they're still trying to figure it out. I mean, mm-hmm. they have not pieced this thing together at all, and you know. That's that's problematic, you know, because you want to have you're you're looking at having four new starters, right? We're going to assume that Deion Dawkins is is your left tackle. Mm-hmm. He's the only guy that returns from that line, so there is absolutely no continuity at all, and they haven't been able to have that really from day one. I mean, Morse goes out first day in padded practices, so yeah, that that's troublesome. And, and I think if you're looking at your uh, your worrisome spots for the Bills heading into 2019, it's offensive line and it's tight end. Those are the two positions that they have not been able to find anything because of injury. You know, you know, look at tight end. Your top three tight ends are out right now. Yeah. So those are the two spots. I mean, I think their defense is going to be good. I think their wide receivers, John Brown, Cole Beasley, I think they're going to really improve things there. I think their running backs should be better. A lot of that, though, depends on what happens up front. So the offensive line, to me, is the worry area. When it comes to running backs, more specifically, LaShawn McCoy, I think it's becoming pretty obvious that they're going to have a running back by committee approach. I could be wrong. Maybe I am. I don't see LaShawn McCoy carrying the ball 20, 20, 25 times a game with Frank Gore in this lineup as long as Gore's healthy. And then Devin Singletary, I'm sure they're going to want to slowly increase his work late. At least that's what I'm thinking anyway, my mindset. My question for you is this. Let's just say I am right, which maybe I am, maybe I'm not. LaShawn McCoy's part of a committee, and he's only getting eight, nine, ten carries at most a game. How long do you think that'll work before he starts making a, an issue out of that? Oh, eight, eight carries a game? Oh, I mean, not long. I mean, yeah, yeah he's he thinks he's going to be the guy, right? And, you know, the guy is going to get 
you know, 25 is a lot. I don't think that, but he's going to want over 15, mm-hmm. you know, and if he doesn't get that, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know necessarily that he's going to be a huge problem in the locker room per se, but I will say that 10 carries a game would not sit well with LaShawn McCoy. You let's, know? let's say that he gets 15 to 20 carries a game. Okay. Right. And Gore's healthy. If that's the case, that pretty much means Singletary is going to be, not, I don't want to say a red shirt his, his first year. He's not going to see the field a lot. If Sean McCoy's getting 15 or more carries a game and Frank Gore's on this roster and healthy, that doesn't leave a lot of opportunities for Devin Singletary as a rookie. Well, you're right. But, I mean, how long does LaShawn McCoy get? I mean, what's he doing with those 15 carries, right? right. Yeah. You know, if those 15 carries are productive, then you live with that. And you say, hey, Devin Singletary, you know, go out and prove it in practice or we got you next year because – LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore are free agents at the end of this year, and they're at the age that they're at. And I think everybody's, I think everybody, particularly with LaShawn McCoy, is kind of expecting like this is this is it for him in Buffalo, right? So, I think you know the the outcry for Devin Singletary to get carries is going to be based solely on LaShawn McCoy's production. If LaShawn McCoy goes out in the first game and rushes twelve times for twenty four yards. People are going to be calling for Devin Singletary in week mm-hmm. two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if LaShawn McCoy takes those 15 rushes or 18 rushes in week one and puts up 100 yards, then fans are going to be like, all right, that's our guy, and we're going to roll with him, and we got Singletary for next year. So it's all about how he produces. LaShawn McCoy it has more pressure on him right now than he's had, I think, at any point in his career. He know He needs to produce, and he needs to produce right away. Because they have options behind him. They have a guy in Frank Gore that even at 36 years old showed last year he can be a starting running back. He can carry the load. They have a, a, a running back in Devlin Singletary who everyone is excited about, right? So LaShawn McCoy cannot go into the season and average 1.2 yards per carry for three weeks in a row. It won't happen. I'm telling you, they will, they will make that move because they've got options now. And they didn't always have options behind him. What is your confidence level that he's going to go out and be productive, given the offensive line, given what you saw last year, given, I'm sure, his his desire to be the man, like he says he's still the man. He's going to have to go out and prove it. What's your confidence level that he's going to be able to go out and do that? I, I think he can get back up to be an 800-yard rusher. I don't I don't know that he's a 1,200-yard rusher anymore. So, you know, and, and an 800-yard rusher in the NFL isn't making $9 million, not right. even close, might be, might be making 900000 right? Mm-hmm. So my confidence is not real high that he's going to be the LaShawn McCoy that was making all pro teams, pro bowl teams, uh, doing that kind of thing. I think those days are gone for LaShawn McCoy, and I think that there's, if, if that's the case, if it proves to be that he doesn't have it, the, the leash is going to be a lot shorter on him than it maybe had been in the past. Okay. One more Bills thing, then we'll start to wind this down. We could talk about the offensive line. We could talk about LaShawn McCoy. We didn't even talk about the defense. The defense is good. Right? Defense is going to be the, good. There's that portion of the podcast. Yeah. The defense is good this Let, year. Let's talk about the defense. It's going to be very good. I think Ed Oliver's a terrific addition. I like, I like their secondary a lot. Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Pyre. All very, very good players, and I think their linebackers can be better. I think Tremaine Edmonds is going to have a better year, and I think Matt Milano is maybe one of more one of the more underrated players in the NFL. Yeah. I think he was on his way to a Pro Bowl year last year. Guy just finds his way to the football all the time. So, yeah, their defense, I think, should be good, and it needs to be better than it was. If you think back to the beginning of last year, 
that Baltimore and uh, Chargers game, boy, that defense was horrible, yeah. and that cost them. And I don't, I don't anticipate that we'll go through that again. So defense is going to be good. We talk about the line. Ultimately, at the end of the day, Josh Allen's got to be better than he was last <laughs> yeah. year. I mean, that's yeah, no right. secret here. We're not unearthing. We're not turning over any stones from what you've seen so far. And I'm not talking about his leadership role, which does matter. Don't get me wrong. You know, he's clearly developing into a leader of the team. But based on what you're seeing at practice, the first preseason game, what's your realistic expectation for him this year in year two, given the weapons around him, given the line, given his maturity at this stage of his career? What are you expecting from him? 30 combined touchdowns yeah. between rushing and passing. That's that's the benchmark that I put for Josh Allen. I think he had 18 last year. It was 10 passing, 8 rushing last year. So, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I put that at 30. He needs to be at 30. I don't care how he gets them. If it's 25 passing, 5 rushing, fine. If it's 20 passing, 10 rushing, okay. But I think that's a realistic number for him that if he's able to hit that, shows growth, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the interceptions, If it to me, if it's 30 to 10, you can live with that. You know, if it's 30 to 15, that might be a little bit tougher to live with, but maybe you could. But that's my expectation for him. That's what I think he needs to be at. And, you know, I would say right now, and I'm basing a lot of this on the first preseason game. To me, he looked like a guy who is a lot of what we heard about. He's going to make throws that are like, man, there's two or three quarterbacks in the league that can make that throw. And then he's going to make throws where you're like, what is he doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know that you're ever going to totally coach that out of him. And that's not to say that he's not going to be successful. But I think there are going to be times where he leaves you scratching your head and there's going to be times where he blows you away. I want to end with a fun little exercise. We've never done this before. In fact, I've never really done this before to this extent. I'm going to call it, who would you rather? Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to name three Bills. Okay. Former Bills. Pretend they're in their prime. Okay. okay. And you could sign one of these three guys to help the 2019 Buffalo Bills right now. Okay. So I'm going to name three guys, three different positions. I got a couple categories here. Jason Peters, Eric Moulds, or Joe DeLamalier. You could sign one of those guys right now in their prime to help make the 2019 Buffalo Bills a contender. Jason Peters, easily. Hall of Fame left tackle. The second most important position on offense behind quarterback. No question. Okay. Let's go with a couple defensive guys here. I got Nate Clemens, Mario Williams, Tequil Spikes. Uh, oh man, that's a tough one. Again, uh, you got you got to factor in this year's bills, right? Right, and uh, yeah, I'm thinking about you know kind of their needs. Ooh man, uh, I might go. Mar- I might go Mario, and and I I was a huge Nate Clements fan growing up. That was my guy. Yeah, I love Nate Clements. Um, but I think I got to go Mario. You pass rush is the name of the game in the NFL, and. You know, are you getting the Mario that has the fridge in his locker? Or are you getting the Mario that can We're, go out and get four sacks a game? You you're know? getting the Mario who had double digits sacks maybe for both, three right? straight yeah. years. Yeah, you're definitely getting both. I, I'd take Mario. Funny about Nate Clemens, too, that you said that during the history of the, of the drought, they always ask, what's your favorite play during this drought? A lot of people say the, the Adams touchdown against New England when they blew yep. him out. For me, it was when Nate Clemens almost destroyed Tom Brady. I almost took his head <laughs> off. You know what? My my Nate Clements memory is the game that they lost to Pittsburgh at home that had they won, the Jets had lost that day. Yeah. And had they won, they would have got into the playoffs, and it was against the Steelers' third stringers. Nate Clements had a pick six. I think it was early in the second half in that game, 
and I was in the stands for that game going nuts. That was that's my Nate Clements memory. I got another Nate Clements memory now that I think about it. <laughs> Quick little anecdote here. 2002 or 2003, it was one of them. I was actually covering the Bills. I covered the Bills for the entire season in the press box, way over my head, by the way. <laughs> I didn't have college education. I worked, I wrote for a, a rag. And at the time, this was before the era of blogs and, you know, the athletic and all these other big mainstream online outlets where you can get in the game. So little newspaper rag writers got in and, and you know, not, there wasn't a lot of interest either during that time. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. They played the Raiders and Nate Clemens completely shut down Jerry Rice. Okay. I think he might've held him without a catch that game. Yeah. So I'm obviously growing up. I'm in over my head. Admittedly, I go down to the locker room. I'm like, you know, <laughs> Lost there. I'm daring headlights. I go up to Jerry Rice and I started to ask him questions about what, what went wrong against Nate Clemens. And I'm, I mean, I'm speaking metaphorically here. I didn't actually literally shit my pants, but figuratively, <laughs> I did. I got in front of Jerry Rice one on one and I yeah. couldn't even get the words out of my mouth because I was in so over my head. I wanted to ask him about Nate Clemens. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a good Nate Clemens story for sure. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, I, I don't get starstruck that often. But whenever the Patriots come into town and I see Tom Brady like come up the huddle or uh, the, excuse me, the hut, not the huddle, the, the tunnel, you know, he's walking out to the bus and he's dressed in just this whatever it is that he's wearing, Armani this, Armani that. And it's like, whoa, there's Tom Brady. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's I, and it, it doesn't happen that often. But when Brady's in town, it's like, wow, there's a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's people that are larger than life. I don't yeah. care if you cover a, the sport or not. There yeah. are people you could cover boxing forever. Muhammad Ali walks into a room. He's larger than life. It's just sure. the way it is. All right, special teams here. Steve Christie, Brian Mormon, or Steve Tasker? I would de- I'm not coaching you here. That would have took me a half a second to say Tasker if this would have been in the past. But well, we kick so many kickoffs going into the end zone now, and I, I, I still, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking Tasker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know Hauschka is pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. But I tell you, Mormon was really good, and their punting situation is pretty up in the air. I'm still saying Tasker, though. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's probably not. the best cover guy in the. You know, I mean, he almost made the where you know he's gotten Hall of Fame talk consideration for what he did on coverage. So yeah, Tasker. Yeah, who? What am I talking? about? I mean, about? Mormon's not, Mormon's not a Hall of Famer, right? No, Tasker, not. Tasker's borderline. All right, last two here, and these aren't going to be as uh, clear cut with some of the names. This might make you think. Maybe it won't though. Frank Reich, Jay Reimersma, Glenn Parker, Frank Reich. Yeah, you got to have. The, you got to have a backup quarterback. All right. Well, here's the thing. Frank Reich, right now, is he the backup quarterback if he's on this team? Yeah. You still think Josh Allen starts and Frank Reich's the backup? I do too, but yes, yeah, I do. Knowing it- knowing that Josh Allen was drafted by this regime, yeah, Josh Allen's a starter, but yeah, Frank Reich's my backup. If we're talking Frank Reich, who comes back and beats the Houston Oilers, <laughs> then how long is it before Josh Allen, the, the cat calls start coming out if he starts off the Oh, season? yeah, it's a short leash, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Frank Reich. I'm taking Frank Reich. All right, last one here. Terrence McGee, okay. Aaron Schobel, Fred Samerlis. Uh, it's not Aaron Schobel. I'm going to rule him out immediately, right? Okay. <laughs> um, McGee at corner and a kick returner. Uh, no, I'm going Fred Smurless. Okay. I'm going, yeah, I think, I, I think he might be better than star inside. Uh, McGee's a good kick returner, but you got Andre Roberts. I don't know that McGee's a better corner than Levi Wallace and, uh, Tredavious. Maybe he's a little better than Levi Wallace, but I don't think it's that big of an upgrade. So I'm going Fred Smurless inside. Before I let you out of here, man, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how little Elliot's golf game's going. 
Big tournament. This is, uh, I know we're, we're taping this Sunday night, Monday morning. I'm up at Legends in uh, Fort Erie. He's got the Canadian inv- Invitational. Very excited. Uh, two-day tournament, his first two-day tournament. Uh, I'm more nervous than I need to be for a five-year-old's golf tournament. But, um, <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm super excited for it. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing terrific. He loves it. And uh, he's hitting the ball uh, like a million bucks. I mean, it blows, it blows me away every time. And I've been around golf my whole life. And, uh, so I'm, I'm excited and, and I love that he loves it, but, uh, yeah. So I can't wait to see how, it, you know, where this goes and, and how it continues. I'm sure you don't ever envision this happening, but let's just say he becomes at a certain level of golf. Is there perhaps a chance that that might force you guys, you and Melissa someday to maybe relocate or is the golf programs in Western New York good enough to raise professionals, and I'm talking high-level players right now, yeah. as opposed to, say, Florida, where IMG is, yep. and all that stuff down there where people, most well, golfers live. Yeah, you? we, you know, it's funny. We've had we've had that conversation, and I know that sounds crazy, you know, at, you know, for a five-year-old. Um, you know, he could wake up, you know, he could go to kindergarten. He's starting kindergarten here in a few weeks, and he could come home and say, yeah, I don't like golf anymore. I want to play baseball, and we we need to be fine with that. You sure. know what I mean? Absolutely. So and that, and that would be okay. Um you know, if he continues at this and he loves it and he wants to be really good, um, I don't know that we would relocate necessarily. We're both lucky enough that our parents uh, have places in Florida. They're snowbirds. Yeah. And I, you know, we have talked before about, you know, hey, high school is an option for him down there. I know that there's been high level players from this area who have done something similar. Will Thompson is a good kid, a uh, good example from Pittsburgh, New York, out, outside Rochester, who. Moved down to Naples. He is. Uh, he just redshirted at Texas. He's going into his freshman year uh, with Texas. You know, Big Twelve, and that you know that was the path for him. We're talking a long way down the road, though. You know, I just want to see him develop in the game, and we'll have that conversation if it gets there. But it's t- you know it's tough that his two best sports, his two favorite sports, are golf and baseball which Western New York might be the worst place in the country for those two sports. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, you know, you can't, you can't really excel or you can't play those all year round. You know, you're in the dome for seven months out of the year when it comes to golf, but you know, we'll, we'll see where it takes them, you know? And uh, you know, it's interesting. Well, you and I will probably talk off air. I know your son, uh, you know, is kind of gotten to a high level high school football and, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said, though, that I didn't think about what's ahead for him and, you know, where where it goes from here. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see, um, you know, there's a long it's a long process, but I can't wait to see where the game takes. him. Yeah, And I think you do have to spend time thinking about it as yeah. a parent more than anything else. We talk about his golf game. How's your golf swing looking nowadays? Eh, it, it's hit and miss. I'm, I'm playing OK. I, I'm getting it to play a lot because he likes to go out so I can take him. And Melissa, my wife, gets four hours at home, and she's into that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she's got, yeah, she's got some quiet time if we go out to play golf. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a mid '80s player, which is, you know, pretty pretty decent. It's not great. Um, you know, I'm my goal is to break. Uh, you know, I'm looking at 85. That's kind of my number. Like, hey, I want to shoot 85. If I can break that, I played pretty well. If I if I didn't, whatever. Um, I, I'm not that far away from being a good player. If I could spend a little bit more time on I need to practice more I need to go to the range more mm-hmm. um, but I just love the game I mean my dad taught you know took me out when I was seven years old and I've been playing for 30 years since then and the fact that Elliot likes to play it now is just so special for me because it's just so much fun that we can go out and spend 
two or three hours or four hours, whatever it may be, hitting the ball around. And, uh, you know, I'm at a point where, and it took me a while to realize, like, hey, you're never really going to be that good at this game, so just enjoy it for what sure. it is. And once you once you do that with golf, then it becomes so much fun because it, you know, most of the, and I say this all the time about golf, you, by and large, you're playing with people that you love, right? Sure. You know, yeah. you're playing with your your kids, you're playing with your best friends, yeah, you're your playing buddies. with your buddies and you know getting the chance to do that with them is is great and so getting the chance for me to do that with my son there's nothing better all right everyone follow jay on twitter at jay skirsky of course check out his work at the buffalo news hey see this was fun man this was I, awesome man good spot I gotta, all right i gotta give you love for that I'm man pumped i'm pumped that you like the wings like i said i wasn't i didn't talk them up i just said hey let's meet here and i want to see an honest opinion so i'm glad that you like them though you did good they were good All right, that is going to do it for this episode. Big, big thank you again, Jay Skursky from the Buffalo News. I'll tell you what, Jay is one of those real good guys in the Buffalo sports media. Actually, you know what? I don't know why I always say that. Jay's one of the good guys in the sports media period. I don't know why I always got to qualify it by saying Buffalo sports media. That's one of those really stupid things that I do. But anyway... Real fun time I had with Jay before we taped and during. So appreciate him a lot. Also, thank you to Snyder's Byron Grill and Amherst. Let me tell you what, I'm going to be honest, man. I didn't know what to expect when I walked in there. Never heard anyone except Jay tell me that this was a decent wing spot. So they didn't know what to expect. And I was borderline blown away, dude. I, I mean, we're talking like maybe top 12 to 15. When I my power rankings come out, I've done... I think at the time of this taping, like 56 different places I've reviewed and ranked for chicken wings in Buffalo. This place is probably going to be around that 12 to 15 range, man. They were really good. I was very, very impressed. So thanks again, Snyders. Thank you, of course, for listening. As always, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, will you please go ahead and do so right now? Still got a couple of more wings with i'm hoping to get in anyway while i'm still in buffalo which i'll be here for a little longer i know i'm doing one with mike harrington from the buffalo news are going to be at amherst pizza and ale in amherst looking forward to doing that hopefully i can get a couple more done before i get back to florida again thank you for listening this is so much fun i appreciate each and every single one of you talk to you again soon we'll have plenty to talk about i'll catch you on the flippity flip bye